Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Osmo NFL Week 15 Final Look Show. We are sponsored by Yahoo again this week. And as always, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast network, and give us a thumbs up. Jordan Klein playing the fire Christmas beats, even though his intern may have not made his coffee properly right there. So I'm making a little bit of a yucky face right before the show is about to start. But it's okay. He still had all the beats going. Jeff, Week 15 here. What do you, what do you make of this slate? How do you feel about it? Excited, man. We got a ton of big contests uh, on DraftKings. You got the Fantasy Football World Championships. I think there's some some good games here. I mean, we got a bunch of late breaking news on Friday, too. Brickley's out, or sorry, Hill out, Breeze in, uh, Thomas out, Kamara now going to get a, a bajillion targets. So the chalk has moved a little bit. I think we got some interesting games, you know, Tennessee going up against the weak team, Arizona, Philly, KC, and New Orleans. I think it's a good slate. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, starting right there with the quarterback position, earlier in the week it looked like Lamar Jackson was going to be the stone-cold chalk of the slate at the position, but it's evened out a little bit now. We've got three quarterbacks coming in over 10% ownership. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes, all three of these guys cost $7,000 plus on DraftKings. So if you're rostering one of these guys, who is the one that you want to pay up for in cash games? Yeah, so cash games definitely different. Uh, cash games probably. Uh, I don't even know. I was about to say Lamar, but I don't even know. I don't. I don't know if, if that's necessarily the take you have to have. Uh, I think Jacksonville slows things down a little bit more. I think I would take this discount with Kyler to be honest. And I, I, I'm just. Uh, I really think there's a good bounce back spot for Kyler Murray. Look at his home road splits too. Um, way bigger. Way bigger upside at all this year. He's he's had way bigger games. I think the Eagles defense uh, has given up. Yeah, they've given up the most rush yards uh, to opposing QBs uh, on the season. And look, a lot of that is matchup based. I get it. But still, it's not a good sign going up against Kyler Murray. And uh, again, I just feel like this Eagles uh, rush defense maybe isn't as good as people think. So I think it's a big bounce back spot for Murray. He's the cheapest of the three as well. So I'm pretty much rolling with Kyler as my answer uh, in all categories this week. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Lamar Jackson amongst those high-end guys. My favorite play uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, it's like, did he get like COVID with steroids or something? Because look at his numbers since he came back off the COVID list. We got Lamar Jackson last week rushed for 124 yards and two touchdowns. The week before, 94 yards and a touchdown. One thing that's really nice about Lamar Jackson that we've seen in the second half of the season that we didn't see as much in the first half 
is he's running the ball a lot more. So his fantasy production is starting to look more like what we got from Lamar Jackson last year, where he kind of just broke the quarterback position from a fantasy standpoint. And now we're getting that guy who's rushing the ball, you know, 10 to 15 times per game, over 100 rushing yards in a lot of these games. And that's giving him a really high combination of ceiling and floor. And here's the other thing to consider about Lamar Jackson. Well, obviously also a really strong matchup against the Jaguars, but also we've got Hollywood Brown out. We've got this team has been dealing with COVID situations for a while now. So it's like, what are they going to rely on on the offense? And I kind of think it's just going to have to be Lamar running the ball, right? They haven't all that much success with him throwing. And then we also add that Hollywood Brown's out. I think we're going to see Lamar Jackson even more inclined to run the football. So I I don't disagree with you that Kyler Murray is is a good play. I'm going to have exposure to him in GPPs also. But if I was building a cash lineup where I had to pay up for one quarterback, I I would go with Lamar. Yeah, it's definitely a fair take. Like I said, it is obviously really close. I mean, I just about said Lamar Jackson myself, but, um, uh, you know, with the, the price discount and stuff, I, I think both those guys are in play. I don't, I don't think you're necessarily making a mistake by going to either one of those guys. I'm sure there's people who would, you know, maybe be uh, higher on one than the other. But uh, I, I, th- those two guys obviously rated out really highly for us as well, uh, just on the Osmo site. And, um, you know, they're, they're both coming in as the top two uh, projected ownership uh, QBs as well. And if I'm going to save money at quarterback in cash games, I'm going right back to our guy Jalen Hurts from a week ago, who, as as I've said to people during the week, I got absolutely crushed last week. It was one of my worst weeks of the season. But I I hung my hat on that we go, that we're on the right side of Jalen Hurts. As everybody yeah. got upset about us last week for talking about him during the weirdly show. Upset. So. <laughs> weirdly, weirdly upset. It wasn't just this show, Greg. Like every time I talked about Jalen Hurts, people told me that he sucked. Like, it was like, do people not understand that this guy was like a prolific college quarterback? It was really weird. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I felt very vindicated as well. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I definitely think you can go back to him at 5,900 here. Um, you know, he's still a little bit too cheap for a Russian quarterback. The Philly offense, uh, you like to see Doug Peterson adjusting the offense for Jalen Hurts. More RPOs, shorter passes. Hurts didn't get sacked once last week against New Orleans. Arizona's front seven is pretty good too, but they're not quite as good as New Orleans. So I I can't see the result being that much different. And the other thing about Jalen Hurts is still, I'm not sold on him being a great throwing quarterback that he's going to be great in the NFL. But to her point last week, the one thing we knew about him is he can run the ball and he's willing to do it. So where his fantasy production really came from last week, he ran the ball 18 times. That is a ridiculous amount for a quarterback with his ability to run the football. And it wasn't even like for the quarterback position, he was crazy efficient running the ball. I mean, 18 carries for 106 yards. But when you have a quarterback who's that willing to run the football, it's hard to have a bad fantasy game, especially when he's as cheap as he was. And even though he's gotten a little bit more expensive, 5,900 is still too cheap for him uh, to your point from before. And that's why we have him projected as the number one points per dollar quarterback on the slate. So I actually do think that overall uh, Jalen hurts as I, I like him as the cheap quarterback. I said, I like Lamar Jackson as my expensive quarterback in cash games. But if I was going to one of them, it would still be Jalen hurts as the guy that I want to roster in cash. Yeah. And, and look and on this slate, I actually think that going cheap at QB makes more sense. Um, we have Kamara in play now. Derek Henry's in a big spot. It, it feels more like a, a jam it in week than we've had for uh, a while. Like at RB, we just want to get like exposure to the top three RBs from, from touches and, and they're expensive. Right. So I, I think Jalen hurts definitely uh, as a cash game play. I agree. He'd definitely be my cheap pick as well. And, you know, I, again, you know, just to your point of rushing QB, I mean, he's not Kyler Murray, but he's, I think he's more Cam Newton than people realize. And this guy is like built, like he doesn't look that big on the field, but he is really, really big. You could see him just plow, plowing into the line a couple of times. So this, this isn't going to stop. Like he's going to keep running the ball hundred percent. That's what he does. That's what he did in college. 
Uh, he's too cheap still. I, I thought he might actually get over 6K this week on DraftKings, and he didn't. So. And what's nice about him, too, is you don't have to play him with any of his wide receivers. Actually, I think it's preferable to not play him with one of his yeah, wide absolutely. receivers. Because uh, if we look at what he did last week, where, you know, despite the great fantasy game, I mean, he needs 30 pass attempts for 167 yards. It's really not very good. So, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, the Eagles don't exactly have any terrific wideouts you want to target with them. And, and it's hard to figure out who those guys are. So it's easy enough to just plug Hertz in as a naked value quarterback. And then you just pay up for some of the other guys on the slate that we're going to talk about later that, that I think make for really strong pay up options. So somebody else I want to ask you about, because you've been on the right side of him a, a couple times this year. I was not on Mitchell Trubisky last week. You were, he ended up playing pretty well. Uh, another good matchup for him against the Vikings. Are you going back to Mitchell Trubisky or are you, are you going to rein in your exposure to him a little bit? Cause I, whatever you say here is what I'm going with Jeff. You've been the Mitchell Trubisky guy. Yeah. I mean, I do like the spot. Like I, I think he's in play. It's just is the upside there for him to like come through and because we have Kyler Lamar Mahomes and then Hurts is a good value option. Like I just don't know. I, I almost feel like you're getting a little bit too fancy. Like I do think that Trubisky has the real upside this week, but he's got to outscore some big names. Like I mean, Kyler could drop forty, and if, if Trubisky gets like twenty eight. It almost doesn't matter. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess it does matter because it's a pretty big price difference. But you know, I, I feel like you gotta chase those those big numbers at, at the at the high end. So I, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm definitely not off Trubisky. I think this is a great spot. Uh, Minnesota without Eric Kendricks, that's a big thing. He's fast, good in coverage. It's going to open up David Montgomery. It's probably going to open up uh, you know just uh, Cole Komet a little bit, and then we got some crap corners for, for Minnesota. Like Darnell Mooney has a very good chance of catching a long touchdown here. He's going up against Chris Jones who runs like a four, six. Um, I think it's a really good spot for Mitch uh, in, in the dome too. It's just, yeah, again, like if I'm ranking QBs who I want exposure to like Kyler Lamar, definitely you want some of that, you know, Mahomes, it's always good to get a piece of case seat. So, you know, Trubisky kind of almost falls in like fifth, even though I, I do like him this week, but um, you know, you don't have to be crazy to go overweight on him either. Uh, you know, if you're making like 20 lineups, I would definitely slot Mitch in there with a couple like bear stacks or something. But um, it just feels like the way the slate's breaking down, like you really need like a crazy good performance for him because it feels like you're going to get 40 from someone like Lamar or something or, or Kyler this week. So that's kind of where I stand on Mitch. I, I like the upside. I love the price. Didn't increase, but I'm just not sure if you necessarily need to go crazy with the bear sacks. Like maybe just playing Montgomery or Robinson uh, on their own is, is the play of this week. So somebody else here, another reason that, well, other than I'm, I'm generally not a huge Mitchell Trubisky guy, there's a guy in the same price range that's picking up almost no ownership this week. And that's Drew Brees coming back from the injury at 5,900. I think this is a really interesting spot for him. And then Alvin Kamara also has become the, the chalk of the slate, but so Drew Brees, number one, this is a game that really sets up where he's going to have to throw the ball. He's also at home in a dome playing against KC. And I think we have to assume the Chiefs are going to put points up on the board in this game because they do, you know, in basically every single game. So the Saints are going to have to throw to keep up. Drew Brees is pretty cheap, uh, 5,900. This is the lowest price tag he's had basically in forever that I, that I could find looking through his game log really quick. So I see that salary on Drew Brees, and there's part of me, it's like really like we're comparing Mitchell Trubisky to Drew Brees. They're in the same price range. And I know that Brees is coming back from injury, but I think this is a really good spot for him at a depressed price with the field just not on him. That is an interesting take. I thought you were going to say Matt Ryan, and I was about getting ready to flame you because Matt <laughs> Ryan is terrible. They should never play Matt Ryan anymore. 
I'm sure he'll throw four touchdowns out. But um, yeah, no, I, that is an interesting take. I admit, like he he is probably going to have to throw the ball a ton here. Uh, Casey opponents have been throwing it uh, an immense amount because their defense has been, uh, you know, letting sort of more prevent play. Um, and, and their offense is obviously humming. And when Casey gets them out in front, the other team has to play a fast pace. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's an opportunity to get like 45 passes here from Drew Brees. So I, I don't hate this take at all. Definitely, obviously more of a GPP play coming off the injury and stuff and, and no Mike Thomas, but it's 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 viable, 100%. I, I mean, um, you, you're looking for ways to get exposure to this game. Everybody wants to play Kamara. Uh, why not play the quarterback guy if he's going to get like 15 targets Kamara is? I mean, so... Yeah, I don't hate it under 6K, absolutely. Um, I think it's an interesting call between him and Trubisky, actually. Um, Breeze might get a little bit more um, uh, volume, but I think Trubisky has that like better big playability, and he runs a little bit. So I think both those guys are, are GPP viable for sure. Um, just trying to see if there's anyone else under here, under 6K, who I'm, I even kind of want to talk about, but I don't think there is. I think those two guys would would be the plays there for me. Um anyone in the six year age. I mean, Tannehill's kind of interesting. Uh, I think that going against like, uh, you know, if, if Tennessee scoring like 20, 30 points and Derrick Henry is, isn't having the greatest game, it's probably going to be because Tannehill threw four touchdowns. Right. So I think that's the other QB that's, that's in play, but um, yeah, under six K definitely breeze and breeze and uh, Trubisky, obviously it hurts. We already talked about. So it's a really interesting slate for QBs. Like I said, it feels like someone's going to throw or, or get 40 points up there. But if one of these value guys comes through with like a, a really solid game, like 28, 30 points, like I said, it they could end up factoring in too. So, um, you know, right there, I think you got six QBs we mentioned. And I, I don't think you need to get any crazier than that, quite frankly. This is definitely not a week at QB where I, I feel like you get need to get uh, two QBs. Yeah, you mentioned Ryan Tannehill, and, and that could transition right into the running back position for this reason. Earlier in the week, I thought that Ryan Tannehill in the Titans passing game made for a good leverage play because it looked like Derrick Henry was going to be really popular, and I thought that made a whole lot of sense to, to be like, hey, if Derrick Henry is going to be popular, give me exposure to Ryan Tannehill and somebody like Jonu Smith because that's a good way to get leverage off of, uh, off of Derrick Henry, and maybe you could get the Titans to score touchdowns against the Lions in a different way. But then is what happened is now that Michael Thomas has been ruled out and Drew Brees is officially back and starting on Sunday, now the ownership for Alvin Kamara is through the roof. And what happens as a result of that is just Derrick Henry gets more muted and he just becomes kind of one of the guys at the running back position. So that's kind of what got me off of somebody like Tannehill. But then talking about some of that, that running back ownership, Alvin Kamara projected for nearly 40% ownership right now. How much exposure do you want to get to him? And are you willing to pay a little bit extra to pivot off of him and maybe get to somebody like a Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook? Uh, I mean, it's such a weird week. Like, I didn't even think I'd have to think about Alvin Kamara much this week. I mean, maybe it's like uh, just sprinkle him in play and, and and things like that. And I was actually kind of big on Jonathan Taylor in this range, but I, I don't I don't know how it's hard to to justify Taylor over Kamara right now. Kamara's going to be on the field so much. Um, he, the targets are, are going to be there. It's it's just automatic. So, you know, um, I think I think the play now is is like you said. I mean, Derrick Henry. I don't know if he'll come in with half the ownership of, of Kamara, but it's definitely like it could get to that, uh, right? So, it's definitely going to be a good pivot. Um, you know, for me, I, I mean, I, I would probably rather be. I don't know if I want to. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be too overweight on them just because the, the ownership is so crazy. It's gotten, it looks like it's going to get to a point where like we could be seeing like a near 50% on player. I mean, a 7,400 Alvin Kamara. And then the field realized this really quick. He's just, he's too cheap. I mean, he's too cheap for a guy who's averaging like an insane amount of targets without Michael Thomas and with Drew Brees as his quarterback. Like we have history on this. So this isn't going to change. This isn't going to be something where, you know, I don't think people are going to talk themselves out of it. And we're going to get like, oh, he's only 25% owned. I think this will probably creep past 40 and I think it will be. So for me, yeah, I think field average is okay. Uh, if you want to go a little bit over that, but I want to, I, I want to get some, some more Derrick Henry exposure now. Again, I'm not sure about the other guys in this range like Jonathan Taylor. There is one guy under under Kamara who I like almost as much. Uh, I, and I do think he's a good pivot, though. He's a guy I've I've talked trash about a lot, Greg. Uh, can I guess who it is? Yes, you can. Uh, well, this is actually really tough. So he's priced under him. Is it going to be David Montgomery? It is David Montgomery. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like I don't like David Montgomery very much. He looks good, and I te- remember when I, I mentioned Eric Hendricks is out. This is a good spot for David Montgomery, man. He, who else is going to get the kind of volume that we're getting? David Montgomery's going to get the kind of volume. That- he, I I don't know if he is. He got eleven carries last week. I mean, I get he had an eighty yard touchdown and he and he ran like crazy. But here's David Montgomery's touches the last few weeks: uh, eleven carries at one hundred thirteen yards. The week before he had seventeen carries. That's nice, but seventy two yards. That's not all that efficient. Then the week before, he had 11 carries for 103 yards against the Packers. So I'm looking at it, it's like I can't project that David Montgomery is going to carry the ball 20 times because it's not what he's doing. He's just getting 12 carries and breaking off an 80-yard touchdown, and then he just runs for 10 yards per carry. I, I'm not a believer in, in that in, in that kind of volume. I'm, I'm off of Montgomery. Uh, I wish that his ownership would have been higher. It actually was fairly high earlier in the week, and then we got Alvin Kamara as a viable play in that same price range. I just like Kamara a lot. I'm going to be massively overweight to him. Uh, I got lucky. I actually do have a, a bet on him for over three and a half receptions, which I'm just already considering a win. Oh, that, was, that was that was what his, uh, that was what his that was what his prop was when uh, Taysom Hill was still right. considered potentially starting quarterbacks. And once Drew Brees was ruled in and, and Michael Thomas ruled out, which kind of all came in and as a whirlwind at the same time, I went to DK Sportsbook and I saw like oh three and a half receptions for Alvin Kamara. That's that's an automatic win. So. I, Besides the point, the, the three and a half uh, prop is not what's really gearing me towards Alvin Kamara here, but I would be stunned if he doesn't have 10 catches in this game. You look at some of his target numbers from earlier in the season when Michael Thomas was out and Drew Brees was the quarterback, and we saw you know pretty regularly games like uh, against the Packers, 13 receptions on 14 targets uh, against the Chargers, eight receptions on 10 targets, eight for eight against the Panthers, nine on 13 against the Bears. This is somebody who, when Drew Brees is the quarterback and Michael Thomas is out, he becomes the focal point of the passing game. So Alvin Kamara is gone from a guy who's totally irrelevant in DFS with Taysom Hill as quarterback. So all of a sudden he becomes the guy. So I think that Alvin Kamara is a must play in cash games. I don't think you're going to disagree with that. But then in GPPs, I'm personally going to be overweight to him as well. And look, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't like hot take central like it was with with Hertz last week, but I'm not saying Montgomery over Kamara or something like that. I'm just saying, I like Montgomery in this range. Like, I really do. And I think for GPPs, 
he's a good add in. Like if you're, if you're going to play Kamara and you're going to fade Derrick Henry, or you just don't want to pay up for both of them. I, Montgomery is the guy I would pivot to next. Um, that, that is, I, I do think he's in play. I, I, I get that the carries, you know, maybe they're not running it as much, but this is a player who's heavily involved in the pass game. I mean, you know, he's averaging five targets or less, um, you know, three games. And, and again, we have to look at these bears games in a little bit of context. I mean, they, they didn't do anything in the second half last week because they were up 30 points. Like they literally didn't do anything on offense. So um, that's not going to be the case this week. We had a close point spread with Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota scores points. I think that game has is sneaky shootout potential. Uh, I like getting Montgomery as a piece there anyways, but completely agree with, with your overweight on Kamara take. Look, and like I said, I'm not going, I wouldn't be underweight on him. Um, I, I can get like the field average kind of vibe where, you know, where he's just so, so owned that uh, maybe you want to, you know, just head your bets a little bit else, somewhere else. But I think for me, this range is, I still kind of like Jonathan Taylor, but again, with Montgomery there and and now Kamara, really hard for me to go back to him. Um, I get uh, Derek Henry is getting more interesting. The lower his ownership projections dropped. But um, I think you start with Kamara, decide what you're going to do there. And then you branch out to the other guys. Like I said, Montgomery and, and Henry, you know, you, uh, those are the two guys I'm really targeting there. And, and paying up, paying down for Montgomery is, is pretty appealing as like my RB2. So. Yeah, and I, I think there are a bunch of interesting running back twos on this slate, though, that I, I do prefer to Montgomery for, for starters. I mean, Cam Akers, who you look at the matchup against the Jets, and and on one hand, you think like, well, what happens if the Rams get up by a lot of points? Uh, I don't think it's going to matter because they absolutely demolished the Patriots, and all they did in the second half was give the ball to Cam Akers. So look at what Cam Akers did in that game where they ended up winning. It was 24-3, to and the game was well out of hand in the second half. And Akers finishes with 29 carries for 171 yards, uh, three targets, two receptions. He was the guy in the backfield for them. So at 6,600, he's my favorite RB2. I think that Alvin Kamara and Cam Akers makes for a really good combination. I like Leonard Fournette this week also, assuming that he starts with Ronald Jones out. There's a lot of guys that make for that make for good value at the running back position that I think is going to make it so that I don't really pay up at the position all that much. Yeah, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, Fournette. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. I mean, I, I feel like if anything is going to bust the slate, it'll probably be Leonard Fournette. It's just, that's just what he does. Uh, LaShawn McCoy actually looked good last week. So Fournette will be a spot I'll probably be fading uh, just because of that. Like, I think we'll try and get Bond involved as well. So um, at the same time, like, I get I get that why people are going there. It's 4,500, right? Um, realistically, this guy could pay off on 15 touches. So but that'll probably be a spot I'm fading. One of the reasons I am going to fade that spot, Chase Edmonds is questionable. And I, I like uh, I like the way they're using Kenyon Drake. Teams are overcommitting now to Kyler Murray in the red zone. Drake has touchdowns in four straight games. Philly's uh, allowed a bunch of rushing touchdowns over the last little bit. And look, if we get Drake should push for his highest snap count of the year here if, if Edmonds is out. Even if he's questionable, I still kind of like Kenyon Drake. So I think the play for me in GPPs will be paying up for Drake to get away from the Fournette shop. Yeah, I mean, the, here's the deal, though. I mean, the difference in ownership between Kenyon Drake and 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 Leonard Fournette, it's not that significant. Uh, Kenyon Drake projected for 14% ownership, Fournette projecting for 20 So, yeah, there is a gap there, but it's not like nobody's on Kenyon Drake and everybody's on Leonard Fournette. Maybe if this was a situation where there wasn't a chalk Alvin Kamara, then we'd see Fournette being the guy who is, you know, like 30 35% owned. But so much of the ownership is going towards Kamara that people aren't quite there on Fournette. He's still plenty popular, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily see Kenyon Drake as some guy that I really want to pivot to. 
Um, I get your point, let me, though. Let me, also. Put it a different, let me put it a different way. I just like Kenyon Drake this okay. week better than Leonard Fournette because that's a fair point. Uh, the last time I checked the ownership, I think Drake was a little lower, but he's probably getting some some heat, so to speak, because of the the, the dad men's news broke. But I, I just like the upside better for Drake. Uh, like I said, I think the snap count is more secure. I, I think Tampa is way more likely to rotate three running backs in than Arizona. And um, I just like the matchup. Uh, maybe not a little bit better, but I like Arizona's offense a little bit better than Tampa's. So, and quite frankly, I like the player better. So maybe not like the pivot play, like, like you said, Greg, but I, I would still rather have that player in my lineup and pay up for him than not than for now. So I'll say this, I'll be heavier on Drake or I'll be into him. If Chase Edmonds is ruled out, if Chase Edmonds is just questionable, ends up playing or something like that, then whatever. I can't go back to Kenny Drake again, you know, fool me once, uh, shame on you, but fool me eight times. And that's, that's really a, a, a bad one on my end. Cause that's really where I'm at with, with Kenny and Drake. I've been burned by this guy so many times this year. There's, there's been so many spots where it looked like he was going to be in, in, in position to have a good game. And really he's had, two good fantasy games all year. And one of them was on a primetime game uh, against the Cowboys where the Cowboys were totally decimated. And he, and he, you know, reeled off, was it a, a 85 yard run or something like that on the last play of the game. So it's Kenyon Drake. It, it's just hard for me to go to a guy who has burned me so many times this year, even though it, it's not necessarily something that I really weigh all that much, where it's, it's not a thing where it's like, Oh, this guy has played poorly when I roster him. Therefore I'll never roster him again. <clears throat> but it's more it's more from a standpoint of Kenny Drake just hasn't had good games this year at all. So the reason that I haven't had good games in our roster is because he never has good games. And even though he has had the touchdowns recently, he's very touchdown dependent because he's not been efficient running the football. He has, was it, two games all year where he has over five yards per carry. And even these recent games that have been okay, uh, three and a half yards per carry, 4.9 against the Rams, that's decent. But then three and a half yards per carry against the Patriots, 2.6 yards per carry against the Seahawks. So I get he scored touchdowns in those games, but if he does not score touchdowns, those are also just terrible fantasy games. Yeah, absolutely. He's been touchdown dependent. And I just feel like the the matchup with the Eagles here too, as my computer, don't freeze. Okay, good. Oh, my <laughs> about to freeze. Um, I, I, the matchup with the Eagles, I, I think is, is it's going to be, it's going to be a fast paced game. And, and Drake is, is kind of falls into the the area of I just want exposure to this game. And I feel like the Arizona running back position is actually in a pretty good spot here. So I think this is actually a spot where a, a sneaky like Drake. Um, and again, this kind of hinges on Edmonds being out, but like a Drake Kyler Murray stack, you get exposure, all the touchdowns um, you're going up against, like I said, a Philly defense who isn't as good against the run as people think. I think that could be the a sneaky stack this week. That's something I'm going to be working, uh, putting out there for sure. Uh, using Drake Murray, probably with no wide receivers. Uh, if you do get the Drake screen pass and then you get like a Kyler and a Drake rushing touchdown, I think that's very viable. Arizona doesn't throw for a ton of, ton of touchdowns, but they run for a lot. So that's kind of the way I'm approaching this Arizona game. Uh, I definitely get the take on Drake uh, and why people are down on him. It, it's, it's rightfully deserved, but again, you know, you're going to, you could get like 80, 90% snaps. So um, for me, he's definitely in play. I like him as a GPP play more than Fournette. I understand why people are going to Fournette though. There's just really no one else down there under 5k, right, Greg? Like who, who really sticks out? I know I went through this uh, last week. I'm like, who am I going to pivot to off of, off of Fournette? And quite frankly, the pivot might be LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, no, I think, I think there's sense. Honestly, playing LaShawn McCoy might, might be the pivot off of Fournette. So because I don't really have anyone else down there to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so I think the other thing, too, is, I mean, you look at how cheap these Buccaneers running backs are, and, and it's a good matchup, and Ronald Jones is out. 
somebody is going to have a good game just by the nature of the pricing, right? I mean, they're playing against the they're playing against the Falcons, and one of those running backs is probably going to score 12 to 15 fantasy points, which is a fairly decent outcome for that price. And so you have to figure what has to happen for for net to fail. Either Tampa Bay really goes nuts with the passing game. You know, maybe that happens, but then they probably get up ahead anyway, and somebody's running out the clock out in the fourth quarter. The other way it happens is if LaShawn McCoy or Keyshawn Vaughn ends up being the guy who they go to at running back. It's hard for me to really trust in Vaughn just because he hasn't really played much this year. But to your point, yeah, McCoy played a little bit last week, and Leonard Fournette was a healthy and active. He was a scratch last week. So you have to think at least for last week, McCoy was ahead of Leonard Fournette on the depth chart. So I I think that is a a pretty solid point by you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, I've tried to bring one one per <laughs> one per episode, right? So no, I, I do think McCoy is is kind of interesting. I know I was interested in him in the start of the week. And um I, I honestly this is my Fournette take, but I mean I, I think he's he's the chalk to fade. And uh, I think actually I, I think again you make a good point. We're saying one of those running backs is probably gonna do something. So I think McCoy is in play this week for for GPPs. Obviously, not you know, cash games. Um if you're not high in McCoy, just go elsewhere, you know, or if you're not high in Fournette, just go elsewhere. But uh, one other running back situation that the chat's bringing up, I think rightfully so, you know, most start and uh, Jeff Wilson going up against Dallas Cowboys. They're terrible. They allow the most yards per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, I can't trust where he most hurt. He wasn't even getting a ton of carries when he was healthy, but I think Jeff Wilson Jr. is, is interesting. Again, you can't use him in a cash game because you don't know what the, the volume's going to be, but if most of gets out there, takes two carries and is like, oh, my ankle's done. Um, Wilson is, is going to be involved regardless of what most does. He's been playing 40, 50% of the snaps, and he's more of the pass catching back. If Mostert goes put early in this game, you could just see Jeff Wilson Jr. take like 20 touches, and he could definitely go off uh, against Dallas. So I think Wilson's in play, but, um, you know, again, you don't, you're not going to need to be crazy. I don't think his ownership is up there anymore. Um, I don't think you'll need to be crazy overweight on him anyways to, to be overweight in the field. So. Yeah, so we have Jeff Wilson is currently projected for 2% ownership. Raheem Mostert's projected Perfect. for 1%. Uh, so here's here's my take on these guys. Though. There are so many good plays and value at the running back position. I'm just not digging that deep. I'm not getting involved in a, in a timeshare situation that I'm not all that confident in because the 49ers, they've been impossible to predict at running back for forever. I mean, yeah. We saw that in the playoffs. It was like, oh, it's it's a Mostert game. It's a Tevin Coleman game. Like, it, there's there's no way to predict it. I, I would rather put my money on on some of these guys that I do know, at least, like Cam Akers, Alvin Kamara. I understand these guys are chalk, but... But even so, I feel more comfortable with that. Or if I am going to a committee play, I'd go to one of the Buccaneers guys over over Jeff Wilson or Hemos, just because they're so much cheaper. Yeah, no, and fair enough. I, again, the nice thing is, again, we're talking 2% owned guys. So making 100 lineups, you're what, burning floor on Jeff Wilson. It's not that big a deal. But definitely, to, to Greg's point, you're making three max lineups. It probably is a little bit too deep uh, with how good a spot some of these other guys are in. Uh, you know, you, and, and again, Tamara being heavily owned is going to drag down the ownership on some other Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some other guys like Henry. So uh, just before, guys, we go on, um, Greg's probably eager to move on to the wide receiver. Hit the like button, guys. Let's get over 100. Let's do it. Greg and I will be back with the live before lock, uh, before the Saturday games. But hit that like button for us now. That'd be awesome. 
and more importantly, subscribe to the YouTube channel because if we don't subscribe, I get I get a lashing in the Slack chat. That's that's what's really important is those subscribe numbers. And that also helps us help you because then you know when the shows go live. You know when Jeff and I's live before lock show goes for football later. And then we've also got MMA live before lock today. We've got NBA preseason live before lock. I'll also be hosting that one. There's all kinds of, of DFS sports going on right now. So subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get all of the information for when all of those shows are about to go live. So the wide receiver position now, let's let's start with the chalk because now that Michael Thomas has been ruled out, we've got Emmanuel Sanders priced all the way down at 4,200. Now he wasn't massively involved in the offense when Taysom Hill was a quarterback. And a lot of that was just because Taysom Hill was running a lot more than Drew Brees is going to, well, because Drew Brees isn't going to run at all and Taysom Hill runs a lot. So that's, pretty self-explanatory. The other thing too is when Taysom Hill was throwing the ball, all the targets are basically going to Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is getting targeted like 12 times per game. So if you look at the recent workload from, from Emmanuel Sanders, he has 12 targets over the last three games. Now that Thomas is out and Breeze is back at quarterback, I think that Sanders is going to get a ton of targets in this game. I'm actually surprised he's only coming in around 20% ownership because Emmanuel Sanders at 4,200, that's just a crazy low price tag to me. I think you absolutely have to play him in cash games. Yeah, this this slate again just got thrown on its head. But this this Breeze Thomas stuff, uh, it's nuts because Sanders I don't even think was in the conversation for people. You know, uh, going all the way up to Thursday. So you're right though. Um, you know, I, I, the the thing about Sanders is, I mean, I guess you could say that uh, you know Traquan Smith being there could could be the the guy who gets it. I think Emmanuel Sanders isn't as good a play as Alvin Kamara. I, I guess maybe I'll start there. Like if I had to say, oh, do you, which one do you absolutely need to roster? It's Kamara. Um, Kamara is the guy who's guaranteed targets. He's going to get a big workload. Sanders will, will get targets, but like again, the big plays could go to Traquan Smith. It could go to like uh, you know whoever else there is out there. Callaway's still there, maybe. I mean, we have to look at the depth chart, right? But I'm not saying you should play the wide receiver threes or fours, but that's just the point. Like the the ball could go to those guys more. It's not going to go to another running back. Kamara's he's there. He's going to get it. So. Um, for cash games, yeah, probably a must play. I, I don't uh, don't disagree with that. He's forty two hundred. He's just too cheap, right? So, um, but again, I think GPPs Sanders is is more of a fade target for me. I definitely don't mind like pivoting down to Traquan Smith in this spot. He was okay, and uh, with Traquan, the nice thing is too, you know, like th- he's a more of a big play receiver where you know you get one that one forty yard pass. So even if he gets four targets, you, you have more insurance and he's a thousand dollars cheaper. So uh, I think both those Saints guys are definitely in play. Sanders more for cash. Uh, for me, Frank wanted to be more the GPP play. Yeah, so I think next what we should talk about is the high-priced wide receivers. But first, guys, today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily, Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features for those looking to play multiple lineups. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. So the high-end wide receiver, we don't really have any of them that are massively chalky. There's a lot of guys in the, you know, like 12 to 15% owned range. That is Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown coming in at a little bit less ownership. But for the most part, these guys are all around the same in terms of, of in terms of ownership projection. So with that in mind, which is the wide receiver you think makes the most sense to pay up for this week? Whew. None of them, maybe. Maybe none of them is the answer. I mean, we got some we got some big RBs to pay up for. We got rushing QBs. I kind of feel like uh, you know, none of them might be the answer. For I, I think for a pure GPP play, it's probably gonna be Ridley, though. Uh just to answer your question. I do like the spot for uh D Hop as well, but 
I think again, I, I'm doing like a one-off where I want one guy to target and I can, I can kind of jam them in with, with, you know, maybe again, maybe I'm fading Henry or something, or I'm going just a little bit more value. Uh, I think it's going to be Ridley, uh, you know, the, the Tampa Bay secondary, again, they allow, a, a, well, just Tampa in general, they allow a ton of pass attempts. They're top five team in terms of pass attempts against the volume's going to be there. So even if I think Matt Ryan sucks, he's probably going to be throwing 45 times in this game. Uh, it is a weaker secondary who, who allow good catch rates and stuff like that. Ridley, uh, you know, he had a little bit of an injury designation, but he doesn't have an official injury designation. He practiced in full. The targets are there. He's uh, a good player, beatable secondary. There's really nothing not to like. And the price is up too, so his ownership actually shouldn't be through the roof. At least it wasn't the last time I checked. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's pushed down, so under 15% projected ownership now in Osimo. For me, it would be Ridley. Um, I guess I get the stacking got with other players here. You know, if you're playing Mitch Robinson, if you're playing Tannehill Brown, but one off, yeah, it would be Ridley for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I made this point the other day too when I was doing the show with uh, Matt Savoka is with Calvin Ridley, number one, we have a very favorable game script because not only is Tampa Bay a team that generally allows a lot of pass attempts, but they're very good against the run. So teams just have to throw the ball against them. And this is also a game where the Falcons are, you know, touchdown underdogs. They're probably going to have to throw the ball. Then we also have Julio Jones is out. So that's probably going to be more targets going to Calvin Ridley. And if you look at Ridley the last few weeks, nine targets, nine targets, 10 targets, 12 targets. He's been somebody that Matt Ryan is looking at a ton. So then you consider, you know, a secondary that struggled a little bit in the second half of the season. The Falcons are going to have to throw the ball. Ridley probably getting a lot of the targets. And, and also to your point about the injury designation, he's no longer on the injury report. So we know that he's playing. And one thing about Ridley too, he's been on the injury report a lot this year. So that's just kind of a, right. a, a standard thing for him at this point. I'm not too, too concerned. So Ridley, I think, is the guy that I want to pay up for. Uh, somebody like Tyree Kill, I think he makes sense in game stacks with the Saints, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily playing him on his own. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, also not somebody I'm really dying to play. He's actually the most popular of of all of these high-priced wide receivers. He's the one coming in at 17% owned, yeah. uh, and I, I certainly would rather roster uh, Calvin Ridley than DeAndre Hopkins. We actually have Ridley project for about three more fantasy points and coming in at less ownership. So Ridley yeah. is going to be the guy for me. Uh, one guy, uh, another guy that I want to ask you about, because since, since you are the, the Bears guy of the program, Allen Robinson, what do you feel about him this week? Because I think if you want to go to somebody who's a little bit less expensive at the wide receiver position, even if I don't like Mitchell Trubisky, Allen Robinson seems to produce with whatever crap quarterback he's playing with anyway. Yeah, no, I, you know, Robinson's price is up a little bit, which probably has me again, you know, not liking him as much. Um, uh, it, it, again, there's like, I, I, I like the bears, but there's, there's just, there's just a lot of like better spots. It feels like this week. I mean, uh, Brandon, Ayuk at 6,300 versus Allen Robinson at 7,400 really hard for me to take Robinson at $1,100 more. Uh, I, I think that the targeting there is, is going to be pretty equal. All things considered the matchups there are both pretty equal. Uh, Robinson's got a great matchup. I mean, it's completely winnable. Like I said, against Minnesota, you can definitely see a repeat performance, but like, let's not forget Mitch has Montgomery to throw to Darrell, Darnell, Darrell, Darnell Mooney is, has a really good matchup. As I alluded to Cole Komet is coming on. There's a few more targets in play now for, for Chicago. So it's not guaranteed that like Robinson is, is 12, 14 plus, whereas I has actually been like a 14 target guy, like every game. Um, there's really no one else to throw to. So um, all things considered, again, you know, marching out Allen Robinson and like one Mitch Trubisky stack, making 10 lineups. Sure. 
I don't think I can necessarily like endorse him though as like the super best play. And it's not even that I don't think it's a good upside spot. Like it's not going to shock me if he gets 30 points. It's just, there's, there's just better. I just feel like there's a few better plays. Like uh, again, and, um, you know, projection wise, uh, I think we have him out uh, pretty well here. I got to get to the wide receiver position, but um, yeah, I mean like he, he's still up there in terms of the top five. So again, I, I'm not trying, I'm not talking, definitely not talking down about this player, but um I just feel like at this, uh, you know, with the value that we have and stuff like that, not not necessarily like uh, at the top of my list this week, but uh, he's definitely in the mix. So I have one contrarian value play at the wide receiver spot. I'm curious to get your take on it. And that is Lynn Bowden, who last week got nine targets. The week before he got four targets. So it does seem like his, his overall workload is trending up. And just nobody's on this guy, even after what he did last week. We have him projected for 2% ownership right now with 3,600. He actually looked like he was going to be a little more popular earlier in the week. But then when you have Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith open up as viable targets, then you just kind of have Lynn Bowden as a guy who like, yeah, he's an okay projection, but there just isn't really a need to go to him. I still like him though. I, I think that as a guy who I, I like a lot of the chalk plays this week. So as I'm looking for somebody contrarian, I want to mix into my builds also. Bowden's somebody who stands out just because he's sub 4K. He got the nine targets last week. And I think that he's somebody who the Dolphins want to get involved in the passing game and in the last stretch of the season. So is he somebody that you think is viable or do you think the nine targets from last week is going to go away or do you just prefer some of the other values maybe? Yeah. So I just double check in the injury news here. Um, if realistically, if one of Parker or Grant play, yeah, absolutely. I, I can get behind this play. Uh, there's, there's a couple of things. I mean, Gasecki's questionable too. I don't think he's been ruled out. No. So we got like a ton of guys questionable here for Miami. And I, I think bound for that reason, will stay low owned and he'll be a good uh, late, late pivot play. Um, if, if Grant misses, you know, bound is a similar type player. They'll, they'll get targets. So, you know, I, I think the worry here is like, it, it's new England and it's not the greatest matchup. Like new England just plays so slow it's not even that they're that good. They're, again, they're just slow. Like, I don't know if there's going to be nine targets to go around against New England like there was in a catch-up situation, uh, you know, against KC. So that's the worry. But if we get, like, multiple guys, like the three, like two of the three guys ruled out, who the hell else is two are going to throw to? Like, there's nobody else there. So I think you wait on the injury news for Bowden. Uh, if, you know, if, if, like, Grant and Parker play, I'd probably stay away. I just don't think the game script is going to be good enough. And and we do have guys like Traquan and, 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 you know, Sanders in that range. So, but again, you get two of these guys out. Yeah, absolutely. He's got to throw the ball to someone. So um, I definitely like a player I, I've had my eye on during the week. Haven't really gotten up there because the injury news has been so slow to me. I mean, we're not going to get any, any decision on it probably till tonight. So yeah, um, just something you got to wait on, but he's in play. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's, he's good. Obviously was a guy people like coming out of college too, kind of like a, bit of a Swiss army knife player. So they'll get him involved. I think he actually works good with Tua because again, you can get him involved on short passes. So that makes sense. Um, I'll throw my hot take for the week. Jalen Rager scores a long touchdown at 4,400 and he outscores Emmanuel Sanders, Greg. All right. I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. Like, I mean, it, it's obvious, it's obviously possible, but I mean, if you play this slate out a hundred times, I think Sanders sure. ends up Absolutely. outscoring Rager like Absolutely. 85 uh, of the hundred times. But yeah, I mean, especially if you like Jalen Hurts and you don't want to play him naked and if you're trying to find one of his pass yeah. catchers to, to stack with, I do think Rager would be the guy that I'd be most willing to stack Hurts with. Although my preference is still to play Hurts naked. I don't know that I'm going to get any exposure to Rager. 
Uh, maybe that'll change by the time I make lineups tomorrow, but I have a feeling it won't just because there are so many cheap plays on the slate that I do prefer. And I, I would rather save money with somebody like Bowden because I don't think it's all that likely that all of these guys who are listed as questionable by, uh, by Miami all end up playing. And then even if they do play some of them, it could end up being like a charger situation where we had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both listed questionable end up playing. And then neither of them really even end up playing anyway, even though they're active, they don't do anything. So with all these guys that are banged up for Miami, I think it stands to reason that Bowden is going to see extra workload. Uh, Rager, yeah, if you absolutely want to, if you absolutely feel like you have to stack Jalen Hurts with somebody, then I think he's the guy. But yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to have him on my player pool. And look, it, obviously, we're talking like, you know, a Rager Hurts stack here. And it, it, the nice thing was it's really low price, like it, it's about 10K. So you get the long touchdown, Rager's paid off. And, uh, and and then you have the, the cheap Hertz stack as well. So he's very much like he's probably going to go for like four, 120 to touchdown, or he's going to go for like three and 30 yards, right? So it's a complete boomer bust play. But I like the setup. Arizona's got uh, been pretty bad against wide receivers. So that's that's just a hot, I guess, just my hot take. No one needs to freak out in the chat here. Uh, it's saying Jalen Rager is the next Jaylen, uh, Jerry Rice or anything. But uh, that's just my hot take. Someone actually brought up CD Lamb there at 4,500. I think he's kind of in play as well. Uh, um, against a weaker uh, San Francisco secondary. So a a player has a little bit of interest for me in there. I'm just going to throw out a couple names quickly because we're obviously we're starting to run short on time. I think Adam Thielen is interesting in that Bears game. Uh, He's done really well against the Bears. I think, again, if you're using Montgomery coming back with like a correlated Thielen play isn't bad. You can get really low ownership on Thielen. Um, And then uh, T.Y. Hilton is a guy. I'm just going to play him. I think he looks great. I think him and Philip Rivers is a connection I liked at the start of the year, and I think it's finally working. So I'm just going to keep playing T.Y. Hilton. Plus, he like owns the the like he's like the father of the Houston Texans. So, so here's a question before we move on. What do you think it is about T.Y. Hilton that caused him to struggle at the beginning of the year that is no longer existing? That's letting him play better because he was totally terrible up until yeah. what was it like week 12? And then he's yeah. he's reeled off three good games in a row, four touchdowns over the last three games. He did nothing the the first 10 games of the season though. So what do you think flipped the switch? Flipped the switch with him? Is it just added comfort with Philip Rivers? Is it just randomness? Maybe was he hurt earlier in the year? Because it's that's what's really hard for me to figure with T.Y. Hilton is how did he go from being so bad to all of a sudden like, hey, T.Y. Hilton's back? I, I think there's for me it did definitely look like Rivers just didn't want to throw him the ball. Like it just didn't look like good chemistry. Um, but you never know with these guys, like it could be an injury. I, I think I, I will buy the fact that it's just chemistry and Rivers just was like frustrated with whatever was going on and he just didn't throw it because Rivers is kind of that guy. Um, so you're either kind of his guy or not. So I'll, I'll say it was more Rivers than than T.Y. But, um, you know, it could be a little bit of both, could be just a little maybe he's finding his legs like he's a little bit older. I, I really don't have like a, a complete answer, but um, he's healthy. He's, he's, he's not like that old. People are like, oh, he's done. Like, I'm pretty sure the dude's only like 30 or something. So I, I I'm buying this late season resurgence anyways. And I think 5,500 it's, it's a really good price. Yeah. Well, you know why people thought he was done. It was because through week 11, he had one game where he scored done. more than like nine fantasy points. Actually <laughs> the reason he was done is because he didn't do anything for the first three months of the season. Me, I know Greg, I had him on like a bunch yeah. of best so. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I do, I, on the Sunday show I do is spags. He was, he was on, T.Y. Hilton every week until until T.Y. Hilton until Hilton started playing well and then he and then he got off of him. But yeah, yeah it was there was there was a lot of bad T.Y. Hilton takes where he was on him. And uh yeah, I'll be interested to do that show with Spags tomorrow and see if he's back on the T.Y. Hilton train after a few good games in a row. Hopefully still off. <laughs> <Let me know. laughs> 
Uh, we, we are running a special promo, guys. With NBA season about to start, we're offering $1 access through December 29th for all new customers when you use the promo code Caruso. This gives you access to everything we have to offer for the NBA preseason, which, I mean, whatever, that's only one game left. But you get access to uh, all our Slack channel and everything we do for NBA preseason. And then for the regular season, get access to projections, ownership projections, Slack chat, lineup builder, and much more. So if you want to try out the NBA product, only a dollar to try out for the first week of the regular season. So that is something to get in on. All right, Jeff, let's talk about the tight ends here because we have an interesting decision to make because Travis Kelsey is by far the guy who's projected for the most fantasy points. But the issue I have with Kelsey this week is opportunity cost. Cause we've talked about so many high price players. We're like, there's the running backs. There's, uh, you know, Derek Henry, Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara. There's some high priced quarterbacks. We're like, then at wide receiver, there's some good value, but there's also viable, expensive wide receivers. So I'm not going to say that Travis Kelsey isn't in play, but I don't think I'm going to be overweight to the field. I'm probably going to be underweight just because of the opportunity cost. We're rostering him is going to come at the expense of somebody like Alvin Kamara or Derek Henry or one of those other high-priced guys I like. So if I'm just ranking the expensive players on the slate, Kelsey comes in behind those other guys to me. How do you feel about them? Yeah, this is what I was talking about when I'm not sure how many like high press receivers we, we, you really want to get exposure to because not only do we have the high price running backs, but you got Kelsey here. Um, you know, I mean, uh, how do you like it's it's almost getting impossible to fade this guy. Uh, it's just so insane, the production right now. I mean, um, one game in his last six without 27 or more DK fantasy points. Absolutely insane. So. Um, just another player that you could definitely think about uh, paying up for in some kind of like, you know, extreme stars and scrubs jam it in kind of lineup. So um, yeah, I, I do, I do agree with your take though. Like uh, I, I feel like this is probably the spot where again, tight end is just so random. Uh, we do have some guys at three K who, who have legitimate upside. Um, it's not guaranteed upside by any means, but it's, it's, it's good spots. Uh, you know, guys like Jared cook, uh, maybe maybe the, the whoever is going to go off for the Rams, a tight end this week, Everett or, or Higby, something like that, right? So to me, this is probably where you save. It's just such an extreme price difference uh, for what you can possibly get out of the ceilings of these guys at 3K, Cole Komet, another guy down there. So yeah, um, you know, field average or under for me uh, w- would be the take on Kelsey as well. But, you know, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anyone off being like, yeah, I'm just building around Kelsey and like one of the running backs. And I'm just going to find a ton of value at wide receiver. Cause that's where the, the better guaranteed value is quite frankly. So it's kind of a conflicting situation. Like I want to play Travis Kelsey, but at the same time, the way I'm making out lineups, like it's kind of leading me towards just not, not really playing them. So. Yeah. And I'll see what happens once I build lineups, but, but my gut feeling is I'm going to end up with not a lot of Travis Kelsey, just because of how much I like some of these other expensive guys and then a cheap tight end. I mean, I think Dallas Goddard is viable. He was targeted six times by Jalen Hurts last week. I think Hayden Hurst is viable with Julio Jones out. I think he could get some extra targets. Uh, and then um, uh, Jared Cook is actually my, you mentioned, he's my favorite of the cheap tight end just because sure. we have Drew Brees back. We've seen Cook play well with Drew Brees before. And actually we look at the price tag of Jared Cook earlier in the season. And that's something I always like to look at is uh, historical pricing. And then you just see when somebody was in a similar situation, what was their projected price and, and, or what was their price? Cause that's a good way to project like what we expected their production to be at that point in time. And so earlier in the season when Drew Brees was healthy and Michael Thomas was out, Jared Cook was priced at 5,500 at tight end. 
So if you just look at him without much ownership at a 3,400 price tag, that's a massive discount. So Jared Cook is somebody who I think is a, a really solid tight end play that's going overlooked. He's probably going to be the one I end up with the most exposure to, uh, especially because I like Drew Brees quite a bit. I think you could roster Drew Brees with Alvin Kamara, with Jared Cook, with Emmanuel Sanders, because all those guys are cheaper than we are used to seeing them. So you could get kind of like a Saints onslaught stack, and then maybe that's where you bring it back with, you know, maybe you pay up for Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey also in that lineup if it works out. And I think that's the way I want to go about stacking uh, the Saints game. And maybe that's where I would get, you know, Kelsey or Tyree Kill into a lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, I mean, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Uh, Cook was a guy I know I wrote up early in the week, even with Taysom Hill, uh, just because of the the game script, right? I mean, the game script against KC, not really that great against guarding against tight ends either. Uh, he actually looked good with, uh, fairly good with Taysom Hill. But I mean, obviously Drew Brees is, is buying as well. It's not like it's a downgrade or something. And now I have Michael Thomas being out as well, which so Jared Cook for me is, is the real target down there. I definitely agree. Goddard uh, He's a little bit more expensive to get up to, but again, another guy you could think with a cheap stack with Hertz, uh, probably a lot safer floor than, than using Rager to, uh, I know I like Rager, but um, yeah, under, um, under Cook, it, it gets dicey, obviously. I mean, uh, I know some guys in the chat, I, I don't mind using Gerald Dermott. Uh, the, the Jets are just, so bad at covering tight ends for, for whatever reason. And Everett is obviously an athletic dude. Uh, it's just his floor is like, you know, two points. Uh, I mean, legitimately, like you have like five receiving options there in the Rams and they're going to be up big in that game. They might not even be throwing the ball in the second half. Right. So Everett's dicey. He does have upside though, in my opinion, anyways, I think Cole Komet is a very similar play. I think Komet has actually has a safer floor at this point. Uh, Jimmy Graham is questionable as well. So that's some injury news. I think it's, if Graham was actually ruled out, I'd actually really like Komet there. And then we got our boy who's, you know, just destroying lineups week in, week out, Greg, Jordan Akins. So um, 2,800 still, yeah, he's in play. I mean, at some point this guy's probably going to catch like six passes again, but who knows yeah, when. Well, I, I mean, I mean, you'd hope he could just catch a pass when he's wide open in the end zone with nobody <laughs> near him. The ball's thrown right to him. But even that could, could not go for him. To your point, yeah, Jimmy Graham questionable, limited practice yesterday. If he's out, then Cole Komet would stand out. Uh, the other one is, I mean, we talked about Jacecki being questionable. If he's out, then right. we have Durham Smith at 3,000. Maybe he's somebody who, who could stand out. He's, he's somebody who the last few weeks, three targets, two targets, three targets. We know how much two has been targeting the tight end position with, with Jacecki. So without him, I think that Durham Smith is somebody else who could potentially get some of those targets. Uh, this is a position, though, where we have so many guys who are listed as questionable that it, I, I kind of feel like I need a little bit more information on who's going to be in or out to really know who I'm going to roster at tight end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, I mean, obviously, we, we need some some info on, like, all these guys and, and injury stuff and, and stuff like that. But um, uh, I definitely think that the Graham news is, is big. Um, actually, that, another injury thing that, again, there there are, like, quite a few guys under 4K in play. Irv Smith is in play again. Rudolph has been ruled out, so... Um, like that, that, that's just good news for that spot as well. Uh, Irv Smith has been getting like a ton, ton of targets and he's got a couple big wide receivers to so in, but he's 3,600 in a main pass catch general. And I, I think, again, I think that game has a little bit of sneaky shootout potential, so I can't even hate him. I probably prefer to get up to Goddard there instead. But, um, for me, I, I really feel like, uh, again, it, it's, it's Kelsey or it's like, you're just going under 4k. I guess Hawkinson is, has a tiny bit of interest from me, but, I don't even know, man. It's just 5,200, you know, just again, just go cheap or, or go, go all the way to Kelsey. So 
tight end continues to just be, uh, you know, a, a bit of a roll of the dice play. Uh, we've probably talked about five or six viable guys in there you could think about for GPPs. I don't have huge, um, you know, again, confidence in any of them. I think Cook is the most confident. Uh, I think Komet would probably be second for me uh, once we got news, if we get news that Graham is out. Yep, and I'm on the same page with you because I, I was that was going to be my next question is I was going to say to simplify it, who are your favorite two yeah. tri- uh, cheap tight ends? Yeah. And for me, Cook. it's it's it's, it's Cook and Komet. So I think we're on the same page there. Those are going to be the two guys I feel I'm going to end up with the most exposure to, and that is Komet assuming that Jimmy Graham is out. So a few minutes left, Jeff. We get to talk about my least favorite part of the entire show. Any defenses you have a strong take on this week? So I, I think the two 3K defenses for me are, are really where I like. I, I like the Patriots and I like the Bucks. Uh, again, you've got the Pats. It's a rookie QB, and I know that narrative gets beaten to death, but <laughs> A, it works uh, for the Patriots. And B, I mean, again, we do have a, a Dolphins team here. ton of injuries. I mean, we, we talked about the Lynn Bowden thing. Like, that's fine if Lynn Bowden might end up being a good value play. That's not a good situation for the Dolphins offense, though. Like, if Lynn Bowden is their number one wide receiver and Gasecki's out as well, that is rough, man. Like, how are they going to score points? So I, I think you have a real good situation here for the Patriots to tee off on a rookie QB um, who's, who's looked a little bit, you know, dicey in the pocket when he's left. I know he, I know he scored points last week, but again, Casey is, is just allowing points, a lot of points late in games to everyone. So I think the Patriots are definitely in play. I think they're going to be the lower own compared to the Bucs. I do like the Bucs. At six sacks last week, they got a really good uh, D line. Obviously, Matt Ryan's not playing well. Uh, no Julio for Matt Ryan is a big thing too. He plays just far worse with no Julio in the lineup. So I think the Bucks probably like the safer cash game play. But I really think the Patriots and maybe want to wait on the injury news for the Dolphins before you commit to the Patriots. But I still like the Pats this week. Yeah, it's it's hard at defense. I mean, not that I ever go into a slate at defense and be like, this is this is the one. No, this no, is no, the no. defense. Yeah, like like that. Uh, but yeah, the the, the yeah, no. cheap defense are all in terrible spots. There isn't yeah. like one bad defense that's like, oh, but at least they're drawing, you know, some backup quarterback or whatever. So we can look to them for value. There's yeah. no real situation like that. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one reason I think that they are okay at three thousand is just because we expect Matt Ryan to throw the ball, you know, forty plus times in this matchup, something crazy. At, at, at a bare minimum, like he throws the ball 35 times. And when you have a mediocre quarterback to bad quarterback that's throwing the ball that many times, that's just opportunities for defense to score fantasy points, either via sacks, interceptions. The Falcons could put up 24, 28 points on the board in this game. But if Matt Ryan gets sacked four times and throws a couple interceptions, that's still going to be an okay defensive performance. So I think that just because of how much I think Matt Ryan's going to have to throw the ball, that, that makes the Buccaneers viable. For the cheap end, though, there's really none of them that I think are viable. Yeah, no, I, I'm really trying to stay up to like 3K this week just because I just don't even know. I mean, may, like maybe take a shot with the Texans. It is Philip Rivers. Look, Philip Rivers can can throw some pick sixes with the best of them. You know, he gets hit, he, those law balls go up. So I, I can't say I absolutely hate that, but man, oh man, like Eagles against Kyler, no. Washington against Russ, no um Atlanta against Tampa Bay Atlanta Atlanta might actually be the sneaky play down here um again Tampa Bay's offense you know has looked a little wonky uh Brady throwing some of these like air balls on on the deep throws Atlanta has shown a bit more teeth on on defense so I think down there that might be where I go but again no confidence in it at all um that could just be a disaster like uh we we just talked about building the bucks up and I just talked about how bad their Matt Ryan's played you know, if they don't move the ball, I mean, that could be, you could get negative points. So um, that's just kind of the week it is like uh, under, under three K. 
All right, so let's bring it home. Jeff, what is your favorite stack of the week? Yeah, I'm gonna, again, I'm, I'm going to throw up my Kyler Murray stack. I think Kyler Murray, and I don't even know if you have to pair him with a wide receiver. I'm just going to say Kyler Murray can get exposure to all the Arizona touchdowns. I think Kyler comes through with a big game. He's got great home splits, so that's my take. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the stack that I mentioned before, a, a triple stack. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, right. Emmanuel Sanders, and Jared Cook. None of those guys are really all that expensive. I think it's very viable to go with a, a big a big Saints stack. We're getting a discount off these guys based on historical prices, so I think they all make for good value. And with Michael Thomas out, there's a lot of targets to go around in a game that we expect the Saints staff to throw the ball a lot. So that is going to be my stack of the week. That's going to wrap up the show, guys. Don't forget to like the video before you sign off. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're looking to try out the NBA product, use the promo code Caruso for access for $1 for the first week of the season. Show's coming up for the rest of the day. NFL Live Before Lock. Jeff and I will be doing that. And then Lofi's also going to be doing a NFL Live Before Lock as a show as well. MMA Live Before Lock. NBA Live Before Lock. Uh, MMA live before lock. There's there's all kinds of live before locks going on today. There's there's a whole ton of them. We've got like 15 DFS sports. There's probably some kind of esports going on somewhere or something also. So check out the Osmo site. Jordan, play the kind Christmas music out the door for us. 